0: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, Friday must-listen podcast. It's not the same. Remember all those commercials? You must watch TV. Can't miss TV. Well, you're not watching anything. You're listening to me, but still you get the drift. I hope that you listening right now are part of my ride or die crew and you might be the first time listener saying, Jeff, how how do I become a part of your ride or die crew? What do I have to do? Well, here's what you have to do. You have to listen to my shows every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and you have to bleed Pittsburgh Steelers black and gold. You meet those criteria, you're in. Just like that. And every single Tuesday is when I put out a tweet and I say, Ride or Die Crew, now's your chance. Time for questions for the Mailbag Podcast, which always debuts on Wednesday. And I always use a Shooter McGavin gift because I love him, the Happy Gilmore character. He's, in my opinion, one of the greatest villains in a comedy. That I can think of. Uh, Judge Smales of Caddyshack is up there. Um, any, like, Dr. Evil of the Austin Powers and some of those villains, Fat Bastard. Um, that's an actual name of a character, in case you didn't know. Don't want people get e- sending emails. You know, um, they're just great. But Shooter McGavin is the best in my opinion, and so I always use a shooter McGavin GIF. And oh my gosh, I was stunned. So I tweet this out. It was around 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time. Hey guys, give me some questions. I retweeted on the behind the steel curtain account to get more exposure. All in all, I, I even I even waited to record the podcast later than I usually do. 30 questions, 3 0. Oh my gosh, never had this many responses. And I've you know, there was a part of me, I even told my wife, I said, holy cow, they, they they gave me 30 questions and they're all different. Like none of them are the same. It's not like I can kill two birds with one stone. I said, they're all different. I can't cut them out. I can't choose one over the other because you all are part of the ride or die crew. You all chose me to ask do you you chose to ask me this question and you want me to answer it. So I'm going to do that. Show might go a little bit long. So buckle up, baby. Bingo, game's about to roll in memory of Mike Lang. All right, before we get to the talk about the Raiders and all that good stuff, I want to make sure that you're following BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. We are literally running over 10 articles a day. That does include our podcast articles. Make sure you're checking out the site early and often. I can't recommend the work done by Jeffrey Benedict Kevin Smith or our uh, Cliff Harris is still a punk as he goes on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Their film room work has been tremendous. If you're curious about things like pro football focus grades, how are the Steelers doing there and offense and defense, Dave Schofield's got you. If you want the latest breaking news, I had a Mike Tomlin um, article from his comments about the Steelers' defense and how versatile it is. Go check it out, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Wherever you're getting your podcast, wherever you're listening to this, Unless it's on Behind the Steel Curtain, in which case you're listening on the megaphone player. Anywhere where you get your podcast, all you have to do is search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. Subscribe, follow whatever that platform requires. Do it so that you don't miss a thing. That's not just Let's Ride every Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning, but that's also the live mic on Tuesday, the stat geek on Thursday, our whole noon lineup a new noon lineup I mean my goodness we debuted this leading up to the regular season all the shows are out they're all fantastic the cutting room floor the fantasy football fix the war room what Ian's talking about the power half hour all of them check it out all right the Raiders The Raiders. I I can't say the Raiders without thinking like Chris Berman. That that was a horrible impression of Chris Berman. But if you listen to primetime when you were a kid, you remember that. And then you remember John Facenda. The autumn wind is a Raider. I mean, there's something about Raiders and Steelers. That doesn't just invoke memories of the past. I did a podcast with the uh, Silver and Silver and Black Pride, I think is the website. It's SB Nation's Raiders site. It's I think it's Silver and Black Pride. Anyways, they had me on their podcast. I was talking to this guy about the game, and I said, there's something about this matchup. I, I, hear, I remember my dad telling stories about these, how how hated this rivalry was. He, he would say, Jeff, Oakland Raiders pittsburgh steelers was baltimore ravens pittsburgh steelers now and that gave me a glimpse into wow that's that was how crazy it was back then i mean you have alleged you know a cheating you got uh, basically like jack tatum trying to kill lynn swan i mean there's the immaculate reception it's incredible the history is incredible, and even though the Raiders aren't in Oakland anymore, even though it's going to be really difficult for, and, and I've already heard it on several of our podcasts this week. I know Michael Beck and Jeffrey Benedict. It, it's it's ingrained in your head, Oakland Raiders. It's the Las Vegas Raiders. It is still weird to me that a team is in Las Vegas when Tony Romo just about ten years ago got fined heavily for doing a fantasy football conference in Vegas. Now. Every single flipping NFL team has a gambling site attached to their name. They have a casino that they're working with. And the NFL is making millions upon millions in fantasy football. But I digress. The Las Vegas Raiders are coming to the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers are going to open up Heinz Field. We've all heard it a million times. My gosh, if you watch the game on Sunday, I wanted to choke Iron Eagle and say, look, man, we get it. There haven't been fans since 2019. We don't need you to talk about it every five seconds, even though that's what he continued to do every five seconds. But the Steelers will have a packed house for the first time. And this is something worth noting. And I know that Michael Beck mentioned this on his Live mic podcast, that there are going to be some players for the Steelers, players like Chase Claypool, Derek Watt, Alex Highsmith, that have never played at Heinz Field with a packed house. It's going to be an environment, people, and it's going to play a role. But I want to make something very clear And something I want to drive home in the first part of this podcast, and that is, don't let the week one win for the Pittsburgh Steelers fool you. This Raiders game is going to be a test in a lot of ways. I feel like the Steelers fan base is on cloud nine, as you should be. As you should be. The Steelers went into a hostile environment, a very good Buffalo Bills team, and they were able to escape with a win. You can say that escape is a strong word. I am not. They escaped with a win. The Buffalo Bills had every opportunity on more than one occasion to beat them. I thought that the defense holding serve early after that 75-yard kickoff return and then some really questionable decisions by the coaching staff, of the Buffalo Bills, to go for it on fourth downs on more than one occasion. This, when the Steelers' offense was struggling, wasn't really getting into a rhythm all of those reasons and more the Steelers escaped with a win but I can already tell the Steelers fan base they are a, a group that is they, they got that machismo going those that used to watch wrestling like Razor Ramona oozing with machismo and he'd flick the toothpick in your face that's great I love the confidence but I just want to make something very clear if you think this game's going to be a cakewalk think again Did you watch the Monday night game against the Baltimore Ravens? I didn't watch all of it. I'm not going to lie and tell you I did. I watched the first half and went to bed. But the first half, the one thing I saw was an Oakland Raiders team that even though they were struggling, were hanging tough. And, you know, the Baltimore Ravens, say what you want about their injuries. They suffered more injuries on Monday Night Football. They're still a very good team. They're well coached. I can't stand John Harbaugh, but he's a good coach. And they're also going to be very competitive this year. They're going to be in the mix. They are every year. It's How many times have we seen the Ravens not be in the mix? And the Oakland Raiders were able to pull out a win in overtime, a crazy finish, come to find out, as I woke up the next day. But this is not going to be easy. So I listened to Michael Beck's Live Mike podcast. I'm driving to work on Tuesday, and I'm listening, and he is making it sound like, guys, if the Steelers just show up, if they put on their black jerseys, their gold pants, black helmets, logo on one side, stripe down the middle, lace up those cleats, you got a W. I wish that was the case. I mean, Michael even said he thinks they're going to win by double digits. I'm not saying that can happen. I'm saying I'm not expecting that to happen. I'm not saying I expect the Steelers to lose. I'm saying I'm not expecting this to be a blowout. Could I be wrong? Yes. Do I hope I'm wrong? Absolutely, I do, but I just don't think it's going to happen. When you look at this game, like, let's, let's go back to the Steelers first. Week one, that ending was perfect. They won the game. I talked about the, I've been talking about this for weeks now. It's the airplane flight with turbulence, and you landed perfectly. Well, that's great. The perfect. It was a perfect ending, but little else in that game was perfect when you look at it. The defense was the bright spot, and they're going to be the bright spot more often than not. They are that good. They're elite. But the offense was basically non-existent for two quarters, and even in the second half, never really found their rhythm, never really got into a groove. They made plays when necessary. I do like, and I did do whatever. I like the trajectory the Steelers are headed offensively going into week two. That doesn't mean they're going to pick up where they left off. I just like the trajectory of where they're going. That's all I'm saying. The special teams play, Chris Boswell kicking the ball was money in terms of for points, extra points, field goals, money in the bank. I want to make sure I give props to Chris Boswell. Great job. I should have put him on my winner's list, but I didn't. Punting was spotty. My boy Big Press had a J- Jordan Berry shank in the game, not very good, but he had some all he had some good kicks as well. I mean, the 75-yard kickoff return and yeah, I know special teams contributed a touchdown, but let's not let that one play cloud a bunch of others. Then they had some other good returns. The Steelers need to improve in a lot of ways if they want to win on Sunday. This isn't the Raiders that are just kind of like, well, they don't really have anyone. Oh, they've got players. They have players. Now, they have suffered a lot of injuries, as we're finding out, after the Monday night game against Baltimore. Uh, Gerald McCoy is injured. Um, Marcus Mariota... I saw was considered to be banged up. Uh, They lost one of their guards on the offensive line. I'm going to have an article on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com about their injury situation um, on Wednesday, so make sure you check that out. But the Raiders can do a couple things, and you notice this against the Ravens on Monday night. They can rush the passer. They absolutely can get after the passer. So if you're someone that watched the game on Sunday in Buffalo, and you're looking at this Raiders team, and you're looking at Carl Nassib, uh max crosby you're like wow i mean they can actually put some pressure on the opposing quarterback let's not pretend that the pittsburgh steelers offensive line is just playing lights out they're really young they're really inexperienced it's going to be a test if and, and we all saw as fans what happens when the steelers can't protect ben roethlisberger it limits what they can and cannot do everyone was screaming throw to the tight ends where's the play action if you can't protect the quarterback, it doesn't matter. Literally doesn't matter. If Ben Roethlisberger, and by the way, when you watched the fourth quarter, they were running RPOs. They had to be out of the shotgun. And I know RPOs are typically out of the shotgun, but play action, that was their play action. And I, I do give Matt Canada credit. He stuck with the run. It helped everything build off of that. But I digress. The Raiders can get after the passer. That should be a concern. And can we talk about Darren Waller for a second? and Hunter Renfro, they have weapons here, folks. You can say whatever you want about Derek Carr. And I love making fun of his brother David Carr because he hates the Steelers. I don't know why he hates the Steelers. He was a crap quarterback. But still, his brother Derek is a capable quarterback. Michael Beck hit the nail on the head when he said he's not in the upper echelon of quarterbacks, but he is still a really good quarterback. He can make plays. He can make the plays necessary to win a game i.e. look at monday night football darren waller was targeted 19 times people 19 times and unlike stefan diggs in week one you're not going in i should say like stefan diggs you're not going to stop this player there are certain players in the nfl that you're not going to just be able to stop and take them out of the game why they're just that good Antonio Brown was like that. Le'Veon Bell was like that. When they were in Pittsburgh, we're talking 2013, 2014, 2015. Those years that the Killer Bees were at their peak, you just hope to slow them down. That was Stephon Diggs in week one. Steelers, mission accomplished. Check that box. Darren Waller in week two. This is going to be a huge box to check, in my opinion. Why? The Steelers have always struggled against the tight end. They still do. So, Devin Bush is back. They bring in Joe Schobert. If they think they're going to just throw linebackers on Darren Waller, get ready for Darren Waller to be a must start in your fantasy league. I don't care if it's daily fantasy or if it's your traditional fantasy football team. Why? Because he will light them up. And that was a question that was asked of me in that podcast. He said, how do you think the Steelers are going to do it? I said, it's not going to be with just one player. Expect them to have, you know, double, they're looking, they're going to have Two sets of eyes on Darren Waller every single play. I guarantee it. And if they're smart, one of those set of eyes will be number 39, Minka Fitzpatrick. Derek Carr, although he's a quality and capable quarterback, is also one to make risks and to make mistakes. So if you have Devin Bush, if he's up to speed, can stay underneath of Waller, put Minka over the top, and if Derek Carr can thread that needle, good on you, Derek Carr, you, you'll you'll be able to make some plays. But if he is off just a little bit, expect Minka Fitzpatrick to make a big play. It's going to be feast or famine in this game. He was targeted. I can't get over this. He was targeted 19 times. We we look at like a Deontay Johnson game where he's targeted 10, and I think that's what he was in week one, actually. And you're thinking, wow, 10, that's a lot of targets. 19 targets. Think about that. The Las Vegas Raiders coming to Heinz Field is going to be a great test for this team. I am anxious to see how the Steelers respond and how they handle a player like Darren Waller. Can they still get after the quarterback? That's the ultimate factor with the defense. Offensively, can they protect Ben Roethlisberger? Can they get the running game going? We have yet to see it. There's still a work in progress, people. People are thinking like just one game is going to, oh my gosh, there's 17 of these things. One game done, one win. This is a new test. I'm anxious to see it. I'm also anxious to get to your questions, and I'm going to do that right after this break. Stay tuned. Be right back after this commercial. Pittsburgh Steelers fans welcome back to the second half it's mailbag time that is right I'm going to answer every single ride or die crew members questions we had over 30 and I'm going to do my best to get this done in a timely fashion we had several people answer ask several questions I'm not going to turn any of them down let's get this started Owen David Owen David Steeler Nation he's a he's a great follower uh, of the show He's uh, oh, on the other side of the pond, actually. He gave three questions. Here's the first. How funny was it watching the Browns choke, then Baker lay on the floor or the ground, having a toddler <laughs> stomp? Hashtag ride or die crew. I did think that was pretty funny. If, they ha- if no one's put that into gift form yet, please do. Tag me in it. I want to save it. I'm going to use it often. He also asked, when Zach Banner returns, do you play him? I'm assuming he's asking me if I'm the coach. Do you play him at right tackle and more at left tackle? Is Chuk's the biggest liability? That's an interesting question, and I I don't think the Steelers have any idea what they're going to do when Zach Banner returns. They have some time, two more games to be exact, and that's only when he's eligible to return. That does not mean he will be back in week four. If he's ready, he will, but he, that doesn't mean that he will be ready. If Banner comes back and Chukes is definitely the weak spot, then I could see them keeping more at left tackle if they like what he's doing. He has some work to do. Let's not pretend that his work at left tackle last week was great. He's a rookie. I get it. Okay, and then last question from Owen. Apart from Chukes, who's the weakest link on the offense? uh, I'm still going to stick by my guns and say that it's the rookie center, and that's not a damning shot across the bow at me not liking Kendrick Green or me thinking it was a bad pick. It just takes time. It takes time. It takes experience. He hasn't had it yet. Next question. Amendez. can the Steelers please throw deep balls to Claypool at least six times a game? I think 40% would be caught. 40% would be pass interference calls. Chase Claypool is the type of player you want to kind of turn to the Joe Flacco offense. And what I mean by the Joe Flacco offense is a heave and pray. We all saw Flacco do this with Torrey Smith. Couple other faster receivers, they would just chuck it up. It's either going to be incomplete, overthrown, a catch, or a pass interference call. None of them are that big of a mistake. Rarely did Flacco's deep balls get intercepted. The difference is, and I said this earlier, they have to give Ben Roethlisberger time. Finally, when they connected with Chase Claypool over Tre'Davious White, you watched that play. Roethlisberger got his foot in the ground and had to get rid of it because the pass rush was getting there. That's the issue. It's not that they're not willing to throw deep. It's that do they have the time to throw deep? that's I'm not sure yet. Brian Haynes has any roster moves happening this week. I'm not sure if they happen this week. The only roster move I could see happening this week is if Carl Joseph gets elevated from the practice squad to the active roster. but I don't I'm not sure if they need to do that right now. Let him get acclimated, let him get ready and then maybe, you bring him in, I don't know, around the, after the first quarter of the season. I say quarter like it's still 16 games. After week four. Thomas asks, what do you think about signing another center and moving Green, Kendrick Green, to right guard? I know it's early, but he might be a better guard. My first answer to that, Thomas, is where is there a center out there right now that is on the street that is ready to go, comfortable with Ben Roethlisberger that's going to be better than Kendrick Green? I don't know of one, and I don't think J.C. Hasnauer is that either. If you're talking about trading, I still wouldn't do that either. I, I think at this point, you ride Kendrick Green. You give him the experience he needs. Could he be a better guard? Absolutely. He played guard more than he did in center at Illinois. Nonetheless, they don't need a guard. They've got Dotson and Turner. I don't think there's a need for a guard. They need Kendrick Green to get experience. Grantus S. Ulysses. I guess that's Ulysses S. Grant. Uh, Here we go. Anyways, he said, would love to see slash hear people's response to this. As you slash we get older, is it weirder and more awkward to wear a player's jersey, uh, in parentheses, another dude's shirt? The last one I wore with pride was 43, Troy Polamalu. That was 10 years ago. Thoughts? This is something I've actually thought about. Uh, I I used to ask on game day all the time, hey, what jersey are you wearing? Send me a picture and I'll retweet it. And I'd have people send me Greg Lloyd, Rod Woodson, Jerome Bettis, Troy Palomalu, and I'd get some random ones that were always great. Bubby Brister, Cordell Stewart, um, Chad Brown, like all these crazy older jerseys. Not the legends, not Mean Joe Green and Terry Bradshaw, but these I saw someone had a Mike Tomczak jersey once, and they were wearing it. Whatever, that's fine. It's their prerogative. But someone said, I don't wear other men's jerseys. And I was like, man, that's kind of deep. Like, if you think about that, like, what are you doing? Maybe he's onto something. I don't know. Um, I only wear Ben Roethlisberger jerseys personally. I have not thought about what I'm going to do when Ben Roethlisberger retires, whenever that is. Maybe I won't wear jerseys anymore. Maybe I'll just wear gear like shirts or something like that. I don't know. That's a good, that's an interesting topic. All right. From Gene With how the defense played, how do you find room for the two new guys, Joseph and Witherspoon, to see playing time? Joseph, I feel like, is going to have to wait longer if he has to wait at all. I think that Witherspoon will probably be active this week. Uh, they'll probably find a spot for him. You're not going to make a trade for someone, in my opinion. You're not going to trade for a player that's just going to sit on the bench and not be active on game days. I would be stunned if Witherspoon's not active this Sunday at Heinz Field. All right, let's go to Matty Peveril, Aussie Steeler 91. Yes, that's Matty Peveril from the War Room, Matty Peverell from the Touchdown Under podcast. He said, is this the week we fight fire with fire and Friermuth sinks the Raiders by being a Big Ben go-to? I said this on the podcast with the Raiders crew they asked me for an under-the-radar player that Raider fans might want to know. They asked me for an offense and a defense. On defense, I said Cam Sutton. On offense, I said Pat Fryermuth. I feel like Fryermuth is kind of like in the back of Mad Canada's pocket as like the hidden weapon, and they're just waiting to unleash it. They have to wait for the right time. Maybe it's this Sunday. I think that you just saw like when he gets that ball in his hands. Man, I'll tell you what. He's a big dude. He looks good. I'd love to see them get him the ball more. Maybe it's this week. Maybe they wait. We'll see. Dave Schofield, yes, editor of Behind the Steel Curtain. He is also the host of the Stat Geek, the Steelers Stat Geek podcast, as well as the Scobro Show and a part of our Steelers preview and postgame podcast. He does a lot of podcasts like I do. Anyways, he said, when was the last time you didn't pick the Steelers to win a game? With the Steelers constantly having a winning record, it means you're always over 500. This is true. This is something I don't know. It got brought up. I, I did pick the Steelers to beat the Bills. You all know this. You listen to the show. But I can actually think back. They played the the Patriots in a game, and I think it might have been the the, the game where they opened the season in New England. I'm pretty sure I picked the Patriots to win that game. The Patriots were coming off a Super Bowl championship. They were, the Steelers were the Thursday. I, I, I wish I, I should know the year. I'm pretty sure I picked the Patriots to win that game. That was the last time I did that. And it's the last time I ever will. That's right. At least until no, Ben retires. Okay. David Testis asks, thoughts on how the offense can get Najee up and running? Hashtag ride or die crew. Thank you, David. I appreciate it. I don't think that this, everyone wants to freak out about Najee. First and foremost, Najee looked like a rookie. I got my teeth cleaned today, and someone asked me, because they saw I'm a Steeler fan, hey, what what happened to that rookie, uh, the rookie from Alabama? Now, this person's a Washington fan. They could care less about the Steelers. And I said, he looked like a rookie. He looked like a rookie. Like, people, What did people expect him to come in and just set the world on fire? It, Le'Veon Bell didn't do that. Um, Antonio Brown didn't do that. Heck, even Ben Roethlisberger at times didn't do that. He won games, but he didn't set the world on fire. I think the offense is going to be fine. If they can just get a little bit of rhythm going, Najee Harris just needs a little bit of space. And if you watch the film room that Kevin put out, Kevin Smith, check it out. It ran on Tuesday. You can go find it. It's not far. And check it out. And I'm telling you, he shows you how the bill stopped the Steelers' running game and why Matt Canada stuck with the running game to set up plays later in the game. So check that out. Lori asks, what do you think the offensive line has to do to get better quickly? We can't afford to have Ben sacked several times a game. That worries me. Hashtag ride or die crew. Well, Lori, I think that the Steelers' offensive line is going to get better, and I think they're going to get better quickly. It might just not be as quick as you want, but I think Ben Roethlisberger has to get comfortable being uncomfortable again. He kind of got lulled into a sense of security last season when they, he was getting rid of the ball so fast he, he didn't have to worry too much about pass rush getting to him. And he kind of has to get back into that mode of, I'm going to have to manipulate the pocket. I'm going to have to extend plays at times. I'm going to have to shake a guy off or two. That's going to be the new norm for him. Hopefully he's up for it. But I do think the offensive line is going to get better. Justin Mitchell asks, easy question, with Carr willing to throw it into double and even triple coverage on Waller, how many picks does the secondary get on Sunday? I'm going to say two. I think they pick him off twice, to be honest with you. Good question, by the way. Believer says, Does Najee being on the field 100% of snaps scare you with the rotations on the defensive side, Najee being a rookie? I look for more rotation at running back. Is it because of McFarlane injury, offensive situations, or is Najee just just too good to take off the field a long season worried about wear and tear? Good question. Mike Tomlin talked about this, said he was – Najee Harris was a very highly conditioned player. That's why they kept him out there. But I do think you have a point when it comes to the Anthony McFarland injury. Anthony McFarland was going to be that player, that change of pace back. I think they probably had an offensive package or two together for him. And when he's on injured reserve, they don't have that. So who else do they have? Benny Snell? Probably not. Kalen Balazs? Nope uh, you're just going to keep Najee out there. I think they will probably try to spell him though more. I, I don't think that was necessarily by design. Brian Haynes asks, what is your biggest concern after watching the bills game Sunday and the Raiders game Monday night? Hashtag ride or die crew. Thanks Brian. Uh, the biggest concern for me is going to be, I have to be honest. My biggest concern is Can the Steelers protect Ben Roethlisberger enough for them to get the ball downfield? I think it's safe to say every single defense the Steelers face from here on out is going to load the box, stop the run, stop the short passes, and say, I dare you, I double-dog, I triple-dog dare you to throw it deep, and until they do and until they can keep the pass rush off Roethlisberger to deliver those passes, it's going to be an uphill climb. That's what worries me the most. Cheeseball tense is Jeff. Do you feel like the Steelers, like feel Steelers Nation, is overreacting to the win this week? With that being said, do you think the NFL media is underrating the win? When it comes to the NFL media, I could give a flying you know what about what they think. They are going to go by their narratives. And it's rarely ever the Pittsburgh Steelers. I do think Steelers Nation is on cloud nine. I think that they need to kind of humble themselves a little bit before the Steelers get humbled. I think that the Steelers fan base will slowly realize this Raiders team is a a quality opponent. We'll put it that way. PittsburghBot said, sticking with the golf theme, he's mentioning my Shooter McGavin gifts I always use. If you could play a round of golf with any two Steelers, past or present, who would it be and why? Okay, past or present. Golf. I'm thinking about golf. I want it to be... I want them to be decent golfers. I can't, I, I'm i not a huge fan of playing with p- golfers that are awful. And I'm not... Uh, a PGA pro but at the same time I'm a decent golfer I'll pick Ben Roethlisberger he's a good golfer I'd like to go out with Ben I think he'd be good he'd probably tell some stories at this stage in his career I'd be able to talk to him ask questions we're about the same age Uh, he's one year older than me um also I would love to go and get a guy from like the 70s uh, who would I have to golf with? I, You know what? If I have Ben, let's go Terry Bradshaw. That would make for an interesting round of golf, wouldn't it? I'm sure you'd have some jabs going back and forth. That would be a good one. All right, next question from Zibs. Do you think Witherspoon gets added to the starting lineup next week, or did Norwood and Sutton make a splash big enough to keep their spots? To answer this question, I'm going to refer back to Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin in his press conference said that the way they dis- distributed snaps at the nickel – Was by design and for that game. If they like Weatherspoon or Witherspoon, I'm sorry, in this matchup in some way, shape, or form, maybe it's to run with someone like Waller, then they'll use him. I think it's that simple. All right. Haskins QB2 says Hey, Jeff, if the Steelers had to redo this year's draft with this first pick, do they still take Najee Harris or address the offensive line? Hashtag ride or die crew. I still think they take Najee Harris. I still, I don't know if there's any players outside of a quarterback that if they would have fallen to 24, the Steelers would have taken over Najee Harris because they had options at center and they chose not to. That should tell you something. And they even had some tackles on the board and they chose Najee Harris. I'm sticking by my guns. I still think they take Najee no matter what. Brian Haynes as asking more continues as I'm sorry, assuming Moore continues playing well, when Banner comes back, should he be inserted into the Steelers starting line? Again, this, I kind of already answered this question, but I'm going to say that they're going to just wait and see. There's no need to try and answer this right now. Let's see how, uh, the Steelers do with Dan Moore Jr. and Shooks of core for your tackles. And I do think they're going to get Zach Banner into the lineup whenever he is healthy, but the moves they make, otherwise they might just play themselves out on their own. Ryan Good says, can we change Michael Beck's nickname from Mr. Captain Blue Checkmark to Blue Check Beck? Hashtag die crew. Blue Check Beck. That's not bad. But you get now he had to throw a, a coach in there. He's a coach. He's a collegiate coach, people. Put some respect on his name. Gosh. Coach Blue Check Beck, maybe. That's not bad. I'll run it by Michael and see what he thinks on Friday. Make sure you check out that show. We always do a show every Friday. Luke Whipple asks, after week one, does the Steelers season schedule look as challenging now as it did in the preseason, especially when you look at week one for the Titans, Packers, and Bears? I'm not going to put too much stock in week one. I don't think any week one game is a, is a must-win game. So although you look at the Packers getting their doors blown off by the Saints, and you look at the Titans getting their doors blown off by the Arizona Cardinals, and you look at the Bears just getting absolutely demolished, um, by the Rams. And you think to yourself, well, maybe that trip to Lambeau is not that bad, but at the same time, other teams will step up. So Cincinnati beats Minnesota. Not many expected that. Now, all of a sudden that week, three games, a little different. So keep in mind, it goes both ways. Evan Henderson says, do you think the offense will start fast against the Raiders now that they have a full game under their belts? I I think if there's going to be an opportunity, for the Steelers to start fast offensively, it's going to be this game. You're at home. You're not going to have to deal with the crowd noise. You have a game under your belt. It's, it's your home stadium. All the momentum, all the energy should be on your side. If you can't do it now, I'm wondering when you will. So I, I hope they do start fast. We'll put it that way, Evan. Mike asks, Hey Jeff, been listening since 2018 loving every show you and BTSC put out. Thank you, Mike. We appreciate it. I have a random question. What's your all time favorite style of Steelers Jersey? I'm trying to find a bumblebee watt at the moment. My all time favorite style. I'm going to have to go classic. The regular black block numbers. When they did, when they honored the uh, 79 team a few years ago, uh, and they had those block number jerseys. They were awesome, but if I'm trying to do an alternate that I like, and I'm not counting Color Rush, that's not an alternate. That's the Color Rush. I've always liked the the color the alternate uniforms where they had the white pants, the gold helmets, the black jerseys with just the gold block numbers. I have a Roethlisberger with that one. It's it, the jerseys very similar to the Color Rush. But I love the whole uniform, so we'll put it that way. Good question. I like these different questions. All right. Fly the W says, was this week's Ben Roethlisberger what we should expect all year, or do you foresee him getting better as the season progresses? I think he'll get better. If you compare 2020 to 2021, this was another question I got while I was getting my teeth clean. Um, I think that it was very similar. Inconsistent to start finished the game better, and then slowly got better after that. I expect him to continue to progress. I don't think that what we saw in Week 1 in Buffalo was any way indicative of what we're going to see from Ben Roethlisberger for the rest of the year. Katie Schultz says, let me just say, I was at the game on Sunday. That's awesome, Katie. And that was just an insane game. Do you see Dan Moore staying at left tackle when Banner returns? Also, how good can the defense be with at back? Well, Katie, I already answered the Banner question, but the at question is new. This defense could be even better. My only question and concern is that when Tuit's in the lineup, for some reason, Cam Hayward just isn't as good. And I don't know why. I don't know why. Maybe they ask him to do something different. But for whatever reason, when Stefan Tuit's in the lineup, Cam Hayward is a different player. That's my only concern. All right, Face Lee Us uh says, how do you feel about Chukes and Moore going up against Crosby and Nassif next week? Got to be a big concern there, right? Yeah, I think that there's a weakness on the offensive line. It's not Dotson and Green and Turner. It's at the ends. It's the tackles. It's the bookends. So, yes, that does concern me a little bit, and I already talked about protecting Ben being job number one. That would definitely fall into that category. All right, three more. Here we go. Matt says, have you ever seen a Steelers D-line have that much success rushing four and dropping seven into coverage like that? Should that be the same scheme for big-time quarterbacks like Mahomes? I'm not sure if that is the scheme for a Mahomes. It it can be. You have to mix it up all the time. Mahomes is different than Rodgers. Um, both of those players, you don't want to blitz them a lot. Sometimes you only want to rush two. Sometimes you want to rush four. Sometimes you want to send five, but not blitzing. You want to kind of just have it set up based on your base defense, your sub packages, whatever you're doing. Yeah, you want to have that flexibility. That's the key. You want to have versatility, flexibility, two words that Mike Tomlin uses a bunch when talking about the defense. You want to have those two things, versatility and flexibility, to be able to blitz but also to be able to still get pressure without blitzing. That's how you beat the top tier quarterbacks. So yes, I agree. This is a good, it's a good problem to have. They have to show they can blitz though too. That's still important. Bredica says Darren Waller had 19 targets for the Raiders Monday night. He's a great player. Who should guard him? A D back or Bush. I answered that earlier. Both. They both, they should have two people on him. That's how good he is. Trust other players like Joe Hayden with Hunter Renfro and other uh, other guys um, rugs and all those players they can handle that put two on Waller John asked was it the right call to play Najee Harris for the entire game I'm not going to second guess things and say that it wasn't the right call who am I to say it wasn't the right call Najee Harris didn't get hurt Najee Harris is a very highly conditioned athlete Najee Harris is also the best running back on the roster. You want to have your best players out there, and if he can be out there, you put him out there. These are the same discussions we had when Le'Veon Bell was in his prime. Always. I don't think it's going to be an every week thing. I think eventually they're going to spell him. It was just a one-game situation. That's what I think. Take it or leave it. All right. Whew. That's a lot. I Like I said, every single week, if you ask me a question, I'm going to answer it. That's just the way I do business. So if you want to follow me on Twitter, at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. A quick reminder, behindthesteelcurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Steelers. And wherever you get your podcasts, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, subscribe, follow, whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing. That does it for me. I will be back on Friday giving game picks. That's right, with Michael Beck. Coach, What if, I've, I forgot it. I'll have to look it up again. It was a good name, though. Mr. Captain Blue Checkmark. He'll be back with us. Hey, in the meantime, folks, be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great day. We'll see you on Friday. Go see it.